0: Try a little closer. A little closer? Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Mics are mics are working. That's great news. <laughs> I normally don't even bother sound checking anymore. You're just such a pro. Just do the same thing every time. So it's like it always sounds the same. What am I even checking for? I just make sure that the volume knob is turned to the same number and then hold the microphone the same distance apart and it works.
1: And the rest is the magic of editing.
0: Yes. <laughs> and mixing and mastering, yeah. Post-production. Well, I'll let you lead off. <laughs> I don't have much of a plan this time, Will. <laughs> Will. Willie, William. It's good to see you again, man. Yeah, you too. This has been really fun. I think you are uh, maybe the only guest that I've drank alcohol with while recording a podcast you're certainly the only guest I've drank alcohol with twice. Twice. <laughs> Recording
1: podcasts.
0: <laughs> so yeah, thanks for the whiskey. For sure. So you and I you and I have been trying to do this for probably eight months now. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a few minutes. And I really I think I reached out to you for follow up because I really wanted
1: to hear about this sailing trip that you did. And yes. at this point it's almost a year in the past. That's crazy that it, it's been so long. It feels like it was a month or two ago, but, mm. but COVID times, yeah, it's been, I, I suppose I went to Seattle to kind of prep for that trip a little over a year ago. Yeah, it was like end of April, beginning of May, and then we left June. no, so, okay, so we've got, not quite, not quite, we left June. June 27th or 28th. Okay. And we spent all of June prepping the boat. Got you. Yeah.
0: What'd you do? What was the plan? And how did did it come about? The plan, okay. Where did the idea come from, I guess? Yeah.
1: So I started sailing as a kid at Boy Scout camp. Had these little sunfish or starfish or something. I don't even remember the name. And it was like a two-person boat and you just rip across the lakes of northern Wisconsin. And <clears throat> then moved out to Oregon, Washington in my adulthood and through circumstance and work and luck came to be good friends with a a boat captain, Captain Eric, and he and I went on a lot of weekend trips in the Puget Sound and something that had always intrigued me was going beyond the 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 mm. site of the Seattle skyline. And so, you know, one night probably over a glass of whiskey, Captain Eric and I are chatting about <laughs>
0: Captain Eric and you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or chatting about the the idea of maybe doing a a a more proper sail. Mm. And to me the the idea of what a more proper sail meant was something across an ocean. And it was uh, it was actually supposed to be a this, you know, we started talking about this two or three years ago. It was supposed to be a this year plan. And then February, March of last year, the world starts to shut down due to COVID. And I sent him a text message and said, hey, what if we went this year while everybody else is staying at home? We can stay at home on a boat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: socially distance ourselves a few thousand a few miles, thousand miles from anybody yeah 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 so that's cool so yeah we we kind of decided yes we're doing it in april started getting gear and supplies ready in may we prepped the boat for a month in june and left at the end of the month hmm. so it was a pretty quick turnaround from that initial text message. i should screenshot that i should go back before it gets deleted screenshot <laughs> that text message hey so what do you think about sailing this year because <laughs> i think he said let me think about it and then the next day yeah let's do it Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so when i asked you about it the other night I, you said something
0: interesting and i i don't remember exactly how you said it but you more or less said that this trip is one of the most um significant
1: or what's a better word than significant life-changing just doesn't seem to do it the justification that it deserves, but something along those lines. It reshaped my perspective Mm. in in a pretty big way of how to interact with people and what alone time means and how I entertain myself on any given day, how busy I feel the need to make myself or how much space I give myself to not be busy and just be in thought Hmm. and I read a lot which was great yeah yeah is that what you were hoping to get out of it I think I was hope (sighs) I really like doing big things that I don't necessarily know quite enough about to (laughs) say yes to doing (laughs) it's it's been a it's been a bit of a trait of mine over the years of committing to bigger trips that I'm like I show up to and I'm willing and eager, but in the grand scheme of, do I know enough to do this? Maybe not. So maybe a little reckless, but I mean this particular trip, I look back on it and it's a month of time that was like unlike any that I have spent in my adulthood. Hmm. Like I've done a lot of like fun, big trips. I've done a lot of hard, hard big trips. Okay. Whether it be you know, skiing, climbing mountain, water related, any any of those types of things, I've spent time doing things that were difficult and fun and and took a long time. But this one was all of those things, but mixed with this this like level of simplicity plus level of solitude plus consistency that you don't really you don't really get that in modern tech America. Mm. You know, tech forward careers. Like I mean I'm on my computer every day for work. Sure. I'm like, yeah. I'm on my phone every day for work. All of a sudden those two things don't have any use. <laughs> when, when you're out to sea, so it just like reshaped how I did life hmm. in a pretty meaningful way. And I've like yeah. I'm used to living in a small space, so actually going to the boat was a nice increase in oh, that's size funny. of how much living room <laughs> I have. Yeah, but I mean, it was still such a a tiny little area for for the two of us that yeah it. Like I said, it was definitely one of the most impactful trips of of my adult life.
0: Hmm. So describe just the the scene and setting and logistics of the the trip
1: a little bit. So oh yeah, you, so, you, it's just two of you, you yeah. and Eric, sailing <clears> on a what, the, uh, what, whatever size sailboat. It's a a nineteen seventy six, and I'm I'm sorry, Captain Eric, if I misquoted the year, but I think it's a <laughs> nineteen seventy six thirty two foot West sail. Okay. And her name was Valella. 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 It's a. It's um Oh shoot. It's it's a not a squid, a jellyfish. It's okay. A jellyfish that has a sail, and so it will like what? position its fin so that it to catch currents. Ca- yeah. And stuff? To, to better to better travel across the ocean. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. We actually saw some which was crazy. Once we got to Hawaii, we saw some balellas.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or actually no, out at sea. That's where they were. Like, oh, how did they get aboard? <laughs> I think maybe maybe we were maybe maybe we were like dunking water to like rinse off. But yeah, there was a couple times where we saw little Valellas, and that was super cool. That is cool. Yeah. Kind of like a little omen of you're in the right place. Hmm. Yeah. You left Seattle to sail to Hawaii. Yeah. And how long did it take? Uh official official start to finish time, I th- I believe was twenty-five days. Okay. Yeah. Twenty five days start to finish.
0: That's a lot of time.
1: It was. No cell phone service, Yeah. no internet. Yeah. We could we had a sat phone. Just two of you. We had a sat phone, so we could say, Hey fam, we're we're still kicking. And yeah, just the two of us. Which was both great and interesting in its own right you know spending that amount of time with with one other person dedicated like no breaks nobody else to talk to yeah no other you know no no even like getting away i mean we had kind of differing sleep schedules you know a lot of time one person would be up on deck reading and the other person would go down and catch a nap so it's not like we were sitting side by side holding hands the whole time but (laughs) uh it was and it was really nice to just like sit there together and in silence and just knowing that (laughs) knowing that someone else was there if something went wrong Mm. yeah can you describe a day in the life on the boat so <clears throat> i've i've had a lot of conversations about the sailing trip and there's a few things that have come up pretty consistently that i think people don't think about mm. so i'll go through a few of those and then i'll describe a day in the life perfect <laughs> yeah uh one once you're away from shore there's no stopping the boat. I mean you can slow the boat down, but there's always going to be some wind, current or ocean current moving the boat mm-hmm. so the boat doesn't stop moving ever. And realistically, if you're trying to get somewhere far away, you don't want the boat to stop. I've to, someone asked me, "Well, where did you anchor?" <laughs> and I thought, I mean, I thought it was a pretty wild question because now I'm more familiar with sailing, but like I guess it's a normal thought that you could just stop anywhere between here and there and hang out for a little bit, but that's not the case. You just Mm. the boat's sailing sun up to sundown and all through the night. So sailing in pitch black in a new moon is one of the freakiest and most awesome things that's ever happened. Wow. So that like and even yeah, so even through (laughs) even through the month of being gone, day to day changed because new moon day-to-day was very different than full moon day-to-day like it's just so much more tense feeling when you really can't see anything there's Mm. no lights out there i mean the boat has lights on it but if you turn one of those on you can't see anything further than the periphery of the Mm. boat and that's even more scary (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah so yeah we we kind of did this we we went a little rogue on our sleep schedule some people who do multi-person cross oceanic sailing trips will make sure that someone is awake all the time and that's like definitely the safest way to do it but we were really really struggling with feeling like we were getting enough sleep so we 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 would end up doing was kind of like an alternating sleep schedule where sometimes we would both be asleep for like maybe upwards of 30 minutes or 45 minutes and then one of us on an alternating schedule would be awake for 15 to 20 minutes through the middle of the night because once it got dark it was really hard to truly like keep yourself up and motivated to just paying attention to everything on the boat yeah what are you doing during those 15 minutes just checking, checking uh, you checking know things. check yeah checking the nav um we did we did sail with gps we uh, captain eric was trying to teach me how to do celestial navigation and it just like didn't stick i tried <laughs> and it was just a little a little too much for me to wrap my head around while we were out there
0: what were the stars
1: like when you were out there no oh, insane the mo- i mean by far the most incredible stars that i've ever seen i bet They'd have to Talk be. To, I mean, like, you think about, like, you drive around to some of the national parks or, or conservation areas in the U.S. and they have these certified dark zones. Yeah. Because they're, you know, 100 miles or 300 miles from the nearest populated place. Right. You know, you're 1,000 miles from any populated place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, Damn, yeah. And, and not a... <laughs> One of the coolest things was as we were nearing Hawaii... I saw a plane, and I said, hey Eric, look at plane." And then I thought to myself, "We haven't seen a plane since we left the coast of California. We haven't seen Holy a chef. sign of a human for—I think at that time it had been you know, eighteen or nineteen days since we left the coast." But mm. yeah, it was. Um, I mean, stars were insane. Sunrises, sunsets, we. Both seem to be awake for both of those hmm. just about every day. And we'd make coffee, which <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, this is one of those things looking back that you just have to laugh at yourself for not knowing. We washed all of our dishes in salt water, and that includes our coffee mugs and the French press. Okay. And apparently, when you make coffee in a french press that still has some salt residue on it and your coffee mug still has some salt residue on them it makes the coffee taste pretty bad Mm. and so we usually choke down one cup of coffee just to try and wake ourselves up for the morning because as soon as it's light you really want to do like a good boat check and (laughs) we were very much expecting to be drinking coffee all day and all night yeah but we could maybe put down a pot a day (laughs) And then by the time we got to Hawaii, we realized that oh, we got to Hawaii. we were able to refill our water, started washing our dishes with fresh water, and all of a sudden the coffee tasted great. <laughs> we said to ourselves, "Dang it! It's the stupid salt water that messed up the coffee the whole way Just across." Just a
0: little bit of residue left yeah. on the inside
1: of the. Drinks. Yeah, I guess oh. so. I mean, it was it was enough because we both knew, like we both knew it noticed it. <laughs> huh. uh, so get up, make coffee. Because like through the night you're tr- just you're fighting to stay awake and doing your best to just make sure the wind's coming from the same direction that the sails are acting in the way that you expect the sails to be acting. Oh god, somebody that actually sails is going to listen to me talk and think he had no right getting on <laughs> that boat and sailing across the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be found out as a fraud. It's <laughs> <is> a climbing <laughs> podcast. You're totally safe. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, we brought we brought a hangboard and we had three spots around the boat that we could do pull-ups because Eric also climbs. <laughs> <laughs> so we did have our, our attempted maintenance of fitness while mm. we were out there. <laughs> um, nice. But yeah. And then it's like you start fishing if you're running low on fish. We would catch a tuna every few days and if you've ever caught and tried to eat a tuna amongst two people it's a lot of food it's a lot of meat <laughs> but we it was the freshest thing we could get so we'd always cut off a little bit and have some sashimi there and hmm. then yeah throw the rest of it in the in the fridge but you <laughs> eat <laughs> eat Tuna for breakfast with your eggs and tuna for lunch with a salad and tuna for dinner with some rice and soup. Really, it was was try and take as many naps as you possibly could when the other person was feeling awake, eat, and watch all of the systems of the boat and make Mm. sure that there wasn't anything that was doing something that wasn't supposed to. We had a little bit of... Engine problems. We had a little bit of water maker problems. We had a little bit of like some of the lines on the wind vane were wearing funny. So we had some maintenance stuff we had to do. A random screw came out of um, oh shoot. What is this piece called? I'm so sorry, Captain Eric. <laughs> that was that was my job on the way over was learning what all the parts of the boat were in <laughs> boat terms. And Eric would get really mad at me because I had a few words that I would use that weren't official boat terms, but I thought were really funny. Man, a lot of inside jokes. I'm sure. So many inside jokes. Even me laughing now, I'm just (laughs) thinking (laughs) no one else is going to think this is funny. It's just me. (laughs) But yeah, it it was different enough every day. And it was similar enough every day that it never got boring Hmm. but you got to settle into or you got to be in such a unique routine. Hmm. Which I feel are it's hard to find a balance of those two things. Yeah. Where you have a very consistent every day I'm waking up to do this one thing and it's a very specific narrow goal. But it never felt boring. Which I think that made made the trip as unique and as important as it felt. What are some of the things that have stayed with you all these months later? Reflections or Yeah, I would say that I feel I feel more aware of my presence. I'm not always able to maintain it as well as I want to or as well or as easy as it was on the boat but I definitely know when I'm doing something that feels like I'm right there okay more self-aware of when you're being present Mm -hmm. yeah and I know it when I'm climbing I know it when I'm skiing and I knew it for a longer period of time than I've ever really felt it when I was when I was on the boat and i definitely I definitely notice when I'm out of cell phone service, and I love it a lot more than I maybe used to, <laughs> just not having any ability to be contacted, yeah, feels better, <laughs> yeah,
0: now. That, that's really interesting, and that's such a unique experience in today's day and age to mm-hmm. go that many days without any access. Mm-hmm. What was it like coming back into to the world that we live in, and how has your
1: you know, I st- interaction with email, social media, yeah. like how has that stuff shifted since? I would say that I don't do any of it as much as I used to. Hmm. My family would be very aware or would, would tell you that they're very aware of how much harder it is to get a hold of me. Okay. <laughs> Just because I, I don't respond as quickly. I am not on social media nearly as much. Um, Emails—I still get caught up in. I mean, it's work, so I'm, mm. I feel like that's one of those things where, as much as I want to turn it off, and I can for, you know, my fair share of time, but I haven't fully disconnected. Mm. So being present is a big one of a takeaway. Oh, your question—I <laughs> forgot. Your question was, how was reacclimating? Well, what well, we landed in Hawaii. And Eric only had a few months off of work. He took a, a leave of absence, uh, again, due to COVID. So he had to get back to Seattle. So he was in Hawaii with me for a little under a month. But once I got there, I kind of just decided that I was going to stay for a while. I had a, we had a pretty unique opportunity of landing there and not having to do the 14-day mandatory quarantine Hmm. the the state of hawaii declared that if you arrived by vessel self-propelled vessel or i don't know there was some rule that basically said we know you've been away from people for more than 14 days we're going to let you come on shore and you know come be a part of hawaii and at that time you could go island to island. Eventually that ended up changing as the cases in Hawaii rose where you couldn't travel between islands anymore. But at the time that we landed, we could go between islands. So we sailed around a few of the different islands while we were there. So even though I reacclimated, Hawaii is so disconnected physically and also I think just people's sense of connected this to the mainland, the people that live there is connectedness to the mainland is pretty low. So I was able to kind of ride that wave of still feeling like I'm just here. I'm just in in this little island chain with the people that I'm with doing whatever it is that we're doing. And the cool thing was there wasn't really a tourist scene. So everybody that was there was pretty much a local, or at least a, a long, long-term visitor. Mm-hmm. So the surf breaks were uncrowded. There was nobody on the trails. The beaches were empty most nights. <laughs> so so having, having Hawaii in that state <clears throat> was pretty pretty a pretty great way to reacclimate to you know technology (laughs) sounds amazing and and coming back to the coming back to the world it felt like we weren't part of the same world when we were out at sea so it does feel like we came back to the world when we Mm. got back to land yeah it was i mean it really was one of the crazier things that i've ever committed to Mm. But it was, again, one of the best things that I've ever taken the time to do. It's, it's it's weird. And I know it's different for so many people than it is for me. But it's weird that we don't take more time like that. Yeah. I realize that a month is like a pretty big commitment for anybody to just drop everything and be gone. But...
0: Yeah, but it's hard for me to even take a day. Yeah, and it, it is fascinating. <laughs> like between yeah. climbing and the podcast, it's really rare that I have a day where I just do nothing and yeah. feel at peace with that, and really just sink into that. And mm-hmm. I think that'd probably be really good for me. Mm-hmm. I, I know that, and yeah. I
1: continue to push it off. Yeah, you know, push it off. It's hard to just. It's hard to think that the stillness is progress. Hmm. Maybe that's the biggest takeaway from wow from the sailing trip that there is time when your own we weren't physically still because we we're you know we're sailing but <laughs> <laughs> but but the the forced stillness of mind the forced stillness of you can't just go to the store or you know go visit your friends or answer an email answer an email, go to the climbing gym, go for a run like whatever it is that you do to kind of keep busy. Most of those options don't exist. Mm. Yeah.
0: Still misses progress. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Anything else about the sailing trip that I should oh man there's so much so much i mean yeah i have other things maybe i don't know
1: yeah let's well maybe i was gonna say we could i feel like we could talk for hours (laughs) about the sailing trip and so i am this is gonna be a little teaser i'm working with a friend on potentially putting out a little short film about the sailing trip that hopefully oh great captures a little bit of the essence of what it was like to be out there so cool TBD when that's gonna come. <laughs> it's been a year. It's been a year, and I'm I'm finally putting some fire under that under that pot. Yeah, cool. I'll be sure to share it when you. Yeah,
0: Sweet. When you put it out, if you do. Um, I've had I've just by chance had a number of conversations recently with friends who are non climbers but are considering van life, mm-hmm. and you're one of the first people I think of, <laughs> and I I think i'm I'm curious I guess I have a couple of questions, but one of the things that I'm most curious about is just what your day to day looks like and how you decide where you go when you go because yeah. climbing is what dictates all of that for me. Yeah. I was having a conversation with my friend recently she was visiting and just kinda of asking about it and Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed that teaser of my follow-up with William Woodward. This was the first follow-up I've recorded in person, which was really fun. We parked our vans next to each other out in the Utah hills near St. George, and we stayed up late and drank a little too much whiskey and had a really good time. So what you just heard in this free teaser was the first third of our conversation, roughly, a little less than that, actually. And in this case, you'll get about an hour and 10 more minutes that you haven't heard. After talking about sailing, we had a long conversation about the logistics of living in a van and how Willie and I each do our dishes. I don't think either of our methods would be considered totally normal by most people. We talked about the beta for taking showers and the best brand of wet wipes. And we explored deep philosophical questions about butt wiping, and all sorts of other good stuff. And William had several questions that he wanted to ask me. Some fun ones and some thoughtful questions about the podcast and living this lifestyle as well. And we kept refilling our whiskey glasses throughout the conversation and got a little looser and sillier as the conversation went on and it was super fun. So if you wanna listen to the rest of that conversation, you can do that right now by signing up for Patreon. That's how the follow-ups work. I usually put out the first quarter or third of the conversation for free as a teaser. And the full versions are usually about 45 minutes to an hour. Some have been as long as two hours. So there are a lot more great conversation moments and nuggets from guests and behind-the-scenes stories in the full versions of these follow-ups. If you want access to follow-ups, you can sign up for $5 a month on Patreon at patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing, or you can go to thenuggetclimbing.com and click on the support the podcast button at the top of the page. $5 per month gets you access to all of the follow-ups past and future. As long as you are a member, you'll have access to all of them. I believe there are 18 so far. And there's been some really good ones. I've done one with Ethan Pringle, Jonathan Segrist, Drew Ruana, Emily Harrington. I did one with Alex Johnson recently about her send of the swarm, John Glassberg, Steve Bechtel, a lot of your favorite guests I've had back on. And those have been excellent conversations. So if you're loving the podcast, You can sign up for Patreon and get access to those right now, and you can cancel at any time, no questions asked. If you do sign up for Patreon, what you are really doing is supporting the regular podcast. I put a lot of work into this thing, it's a full-time job for me, and I would really love and appreciate your support. Every dollar truly helps, and every new sign-up goes a long way towards supporting me and my work. So, again, $5 per month for access to follow ups and to support the show. You can think of it as buying me a beer at the brewery once per month after a particularly good episode that you found helpful or uplifting or just entertaining. So, I encourage you to sign up, and I really appreciate it. Much love to all you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Shake it up, stop when the clock hits thirteen. Sing 4 one, two, three, four. Cause, cause, cause. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do
0: it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.